Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, how to grow your organizational and productivity practice, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. With every episode, we're going to learn from subject matter experts who can help you build your business in areas like marketing, HR, and finance. We'll also introduce you to business owners who are out there just like you are, and we'll learn from their successes and challenges. Please welcome your host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Stand Out, growing your organizing and productivity business. My name is Sarah Karakayan, your host. We have an extra special episode for you today. Growing your business really comes down to the relationships you build with your colleagues, your clients, and your community. The National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals, also known as NAPO, knows the importance of relationships with its members by offering endless opportunities for education, among several other member-based opportunities, its community with efforts like this podcast, and its colleagues by building solid relationships with fellow organizations and industry brands. All of these efforts strengthen NAPO's overall mission to become the leading source for organizing and productivity professionals. Today's guest, John Hunt, is the Senior Manager of Digital Marketing, Content, and E-Commerce for Smead Manufacturing. Mr. Hunt has over 25 years' experience in both traditional and non-traditional media, including digital strategy, content creation, and new product development. He also is the host of Keeping You Organized, the weekly webcast that often features NAPO organizers, now in its fifth season, produced by Sneed. Sneed, a leader in office filing products and records management systems for over 100 years, has had a long-term relationship with NAPO. But Sneed's support of NAPO is not focused on the direct return on investment. Instead, Smead focuses on creating solution-based content creation that builds goodwill with the professional organizer and productivity consultant communities. Smead focuses on the relationship. John is going to help us understand how organizers and productivity consultants can take this very model and apply it to their own businesses. We will also dive into his unique perspective of working for a brand that specializes in organizing products that organizers and productivity consultants use and share with their clients every day. So John, welcome to the show. Well, it is great to be here. We really are excited to have someone like you in the show. You kind of you get to see both sides of our world, both the brand perspective and also working with organizers very often. How did you come about joining the team at Smead? Well, that's a that's a great question because uh, um, when I interviewed at Smead, I didn't even really know that much about the filing, you know, productivity and and organization product industry. But uh, uh, the funny the funny short story on this is that I've always been involved in broadcast media and then after that digital media and so I was just actually looking for something that was close to home I didn't want to get into a commute uh, and I live on the south end of the uh, Minneapolis St. Paul area so almost everything is north of where I live except for this little town uh, just to the east of me called Hastings Minnesota which is the the world headquarters of Smead and I I, I, you know, I did one of those LinkedIn searches where I was kind of doing a geographic, I, I want to find something within 15 miles. And 
it came up. I go, Smead, yeah, I think I've heard of them. I interviewed and it all kind of came together. But it, so I get to drive down a country road uh, when I go to work every day. So I really enjoy that. I love that. And when they brought you on, what were some of the things they wanted you to help them grow? Well, the interesting thing about it was, is when I first started, which was five years ago, uh, in the job description, there was nothing about video, nothing about podcasts, even content marketing uh, at that point really wasn't, uh, you know, a buzzword out there. You know, there, you know, people were into, they wanted someone to manage social media. Uh, and we have a social media community person, so I managed that person. But they they were also, the interesting thing about Smead, Smead is always... Uh, ahead of its time, it seems, because they had a, a a blog, we would call a blog, but they called it Organomics, <laughs> which had hundreds and hundreds of articles going back into really the early 2000s. So they were into blogging, not knowing they were into blogging before blogging was even big. Right. And so I, I kind of came in, I'm, I'm going, this is really interesting. We have all these assets here. Uh, and uh, we could really make something of this. So I actually was pretty excited when I came here because I saw um, a tree that maybe needed to be pruned a little bit that we could grow. And uh, they had a lot of infrastructure already in place. I love that. Did they already have a relationship with NAPO at that point? Yes. Uh, Smead's uh, NAPO relationship is, I don't know how far it's gone back. It's been a long time. Uh, I know several years ago, I think before I started, the, the convention was here in Minneapolis-St. Paul area. But we have long been associated with uh, NAPO because our our sell line or whatever you want to call it, unique selling proposition is keeping you organized. And that's the name of our podcast, too, because we know that if we can focus on uh, the need that people have to be organized, naturally, they're going to probably use some of our products because that's what they do. But, you know, if we were going to say Smead, the world's greatest file folders or, you know, organization products, it doesn't quite have the maybe the appeal that keeping you organized does. Right. So we all we all everybody needs a little organizing help. Right. Right. Absolutely. So then what is the long term, you, you know, we talked about relationship and how relationships yeah. are not about the immediate ROI, but about the long-term yeah. return on that uh, return on that investment. What do you think that long-term investment is with that relationship that these two entities have been building for so long? Right. Well, we we look at uh, NAPO as you know the premier organization for professional organizers, mm -hmm. and uh, that you know that knowledge base right there, and you know on our podcast. It primarily features, I mean, almost every single one of our guests is a NAPO organizer. And so we're tapping into that, that the, the knowledge base to take to the end user. Right. And off, actually, oftentimes a result of our podcast, the organizer will get people calling them for organizing help because we don't, we don't sell organizing services. We sell products. But, you know, that relationship there really ultimately helps our end user. They go, yeah, Smee, they... That was great. You know, I heard about that organizer on their show. I use that organizer now. I'm organized. I, I I really appreciate that company. I wanna I wanna do business with them. Right. So that, that's how we're building brand equity is by just providing value and maybe some areas that we don't even sell in order to help the end user who ultimately would you know purchase from us. I love that. So I know you have an extensive background with small businesses. So yep. how can our listeners whether they have a business yet or not, how can they take that same model? How can they help their end user which is usually the client 
by doing extra things like maybe a weekly live seminar, like I know you guys do on Facebook often, or you have your podcast. What are some good ideas that small business owners can implement to to do the same exact thing? Well, I I think what's important for uh, someone to look at is, first of all, kind of identify who they are and maybe what their niche is. if someone says, well, I can help anybody get organized, that's really not a strong statement. Uh, so you may, and your uniqueness may be the area you live in, it may not. It may be that you can do virtual organizing, you can, and what you do, you can do over a, a video conference or whatever. But maybe it's, you know, I know several of the organizers uh, work with seniors. Right. So uh, you start, I think it starts before you even talk to the end user by really saying, where am I strong? And, and that's basic marketing stuff, right? Developing your uniqueness, uh, identifying how you're going to uh, stick out in the crowd and, and how you can actually bring the most value uh, to your client. Once you do that, then what I would say is start looking at themes for that. So you mentioned the idea of a seminar. Okay. So you see this in the financial services industry all the time. Come out and get your questions answered about retirement. And are you lost in this, you know, 401k nightmare and come learn. So you have this free educational seminar. They give you a meal. Well, of course, uh, if you really like how you feel about these people, you may hire them to, you know, take your money and manage the investment. Right. So same way with an organizer, I wouldn't necessarily go out and, you know, say organize a home, you know, for free in order to get someone to like you, but, you know, providing organizing tips or organizing ideas or things that go along with a certain, uh, tar- let's say it's seniors, you know, maybe you do a, a, a uh, senior organizing. I know several of the uh, NAPO organizers will use like, um, they'll take our life documents organizer kit, which is, it's a kit that helps you organize all your important life documents. And they'll do a seminar with that kit. Yes. And then, uh, you know, and people pay to come because they, you know, they get the kit, they get that the education. But what that often leads to is then you have now a client who likes you. You know what? I could also have you come help organize my kitchen, my, you know, or I'm dealing with these time management and productivity issues. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's, you know, and, and going back to the marketing basics again, uh, there's a term called customer acquisition cost, which is what does it take to get someone to engage with you that very first time? Mm-hmm. Because, for example, like uh, Best Buy, you know, they'll have a TV set for a hundred bucks or something. You can, how in the world, you know, and they may lose money at selling that, but if they can get you into the store and start developing a relationship with you and say, hey, that guy, they were really nice. They provided this. And, you know, I also bought a microwave and a stove and an oven from them too. So, you know, maybe thinking in terms of how can I engage who I ultimately want to do more services for. Uh, on the front end with something that just provides value, but you might not make money on. That's back to that ROI. You know, you may not make money on that that seminar where you do the life documents organizer and, you know, you might break even, you might even lose a little money. But if you have 25 people in there and three of them do $2,000 worth of uh, further services with you, that was a good customer acquisition cost. So it gets kind of, of marketing technically, you know, and smaller businesses may not understand that as bigger businesses, but that's kind of the concept, you know, and we do the same thing. We do our podcast, all that, you know, obviously we don't charge for a podcast and, you know, we 
often on our on our podcast don't even talk about our products. Right. You know, we might talk about, you know, 10 ways to have an effective meeting. And we go through the meeting, Bob, and we and that's the show. And someone, wow, you know, Smee, they're pretty cool. You know, they, you know, help help give me a little information. I learned about this professional organizer who specializes in productivity. But the fact that we've had them visit our store or our website, mm-hmm. uh, now we can start that interaction. Maybe give them a free ebook on organizing your office. Then we have their email, and then we can send them our monthly newsletter, which gives them more tips. And it, you know, eventually they're going to find you know myorganize.life, which is our direct selling site where they can buy the folder. They got to buy their folders from somebody, right. right? That's right. Or there are other tools. So we have over fifteen hundred products. So there's a lot of things they can get from us. So. You got to have that long-term perspective, but it should make sense. Getting back to the the how I started answering, I, you can tell I'm long-winded <laughs> here too, right? But you know, you have to kind of define who you are first and who your who your real ideal sweet spot is, because then you can start asking the questions. What what kind of questions are they asking that I can answer that will bring value to them? Well, I love it. You know, Smeed is a leader in office filing products and records management systems. I mean, those are two specific things, but that doesn't mean, like you said, you can't talk about how to organize a meeting and still provide value in that world. So although you're, you're getting very narrow with what exactly Smeed does, you can still help a lot of people and build that no like, and trust situation. Well, you know, let's say Almost everybody might have some kind of file box or file drawer or something, right? Right. And could use and could use our folders. However, you know, the person who has the file folders may also go and do travel. So if we do a trip on, you know, getting organized for a trip, or they may, you know, they're you know probably at a business or or part of a organization, they can use those meeting ideas when they go to their organization, and it's that reciprocity concept, if we can give them something of value they can use somewhere else, they they feel like, wow, they, you know, they really care about me and want to help me. And maybe when I think about buying the other products that we have, I'll use them right. because they've helped me in the past, you know? Right. Now let's talk about, let's talk about this long-term aspect, because like you said, you might get someone to come to your seminar and then that person might come to your website and then they may give you their email in exchange for an ebook. And then they may tell a friend who ends up hiring you. I mean, that's, that's a lot of things that may or may not happen in order to get that sale. So, and you're in your fifth season of keeping you organized, your weekly webcast. You've been doing this for a while now. I ask you, what kind of changes have you seen in that return on investment over those five seasons that you are recognizing that it's working? Yeah, well, if you work for somebody who is into return on investment, ultimately there's someone in your organization and a bigger organization that uh, may doesn't maybe doesn't care about long term. They want to know, you know, hey, we spent this number of dollars. What do we get in return right, for it? Right. But you know, we uh, what I what I say on that is that okay, we can provide you. Uh, some metrics. Uh, and for example, so that's kind of like in goal setting. When we set up our market, you know, we have a marketing plan. When we set it up, uh, our metrics are we try to grow our email list. Mm-hmm. We try to um, increase our website traffic. All that's measurable because those numbers are available. And even, even when we can say, all right, well, we are willing to spend $5 to obtain an email address, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we know that ultimately, you know, we have high open rate on our emails. We send out enough emails. We see how much uh, 
a business we get after we, I mean, like when we send an email out, even if it has all content into it, uh, we see uh, a spike in sales at our store. So we, we know the two are related. They're just super hard to measure maybe directly. Right. So, uh, you know, you have to think about how are you going to measure? That's all part of a good uh, marketing plan. And so we'll do things like, uh, okay, let's say our podcast gets 5,000 downloads a week. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for sure in that podcast, we're mentioning at least the name Smead or Smead.com a couple times. And so you take that and say, okay, well, that, let's say every one of those mentions was worth 50 cents. Yep. And then you, so let's say a dollar, a dollar per uh, impression, that's $5,000 that we didn't spend on advertising for a pay-per-click ad or something like that might, that might cost 50 cents that all of a sudden that's $5,000 worth of advertising we created that we didn't have to pay for, you know, as a direct advertising cost. So, there's always ways to measure and justify it, mm-hmm. uh, but you, and those kinds of things will, I mean, uh, we started this live Facebook uh, show every day at 2 p.m. on our uh, Smead p- Facebook page as like a 15-minute show, but we are seeing right now, we've only done it for a few weeks, we're seeing two to 300 views a day on that. And so if you add that up, it's like, wow, okay, well, that's, you know, 300 times five days a week, that's 50. There's a, you know, if it's a dollar a view, that's another $1,500 we just created there right. in advertising value. Right. So, I mean, and, and, you know, people can relate to this. You know, if you're involved in a local chamber of commerce or, you know, you sponsor a, a race or whatever, you may not see that, but that logo exposure and that branding is all, uh, it all adds up ultimately. It, 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 it's something that, you know, people see a high value in. And it, 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 so you can measure it in a certain way, but, uh, you know, you have to have a longer term approach to it because it's not necessarily, I'm going to run an ad and I'm going to get a sale and I, I better make more on my sales than I did what I spent on that ad. Right. Well, and I love this, this angle at it too, because in exchange for the, the Facebook every day at two and the weekly webcast, you're helping people. Yep. And you're getting that $5,000 a week, you know, like you said, free advertising. So it's kind of yeah. win-win. Well, just think if we every day at two o'clock on Facebook, we went and just started showing products. Right. And say, okay, today's product of the day is this. And today's product. Okay. We do a one segment a week called organizing solutions, but it's always tied into like a, how to solve a certain problem. But, you know, we, we've learned that in the past since I started too. prior to me coming here, they had, you know, they would run Facebook ads that were directly just product ads. Right. And guess what? People didn't want to see them. It's like going to a, a barbecue and some guy coming up to you and trying to sell you a file folder. Uh, those don't get the interaction. And I would even say that for a professional organizer. If you put an ad out there that said, you know, professional organizing services, you know, we're the best, we're reliable, our clients love us, uh, you know, that's not going to um, that's not going to engage your customer, but um, but three hacks to get your garage organized in thirty minutes or less. Now you've got my attention, right? And uh, it may not even involve you going and helping them do it. You might say, you know, do this, 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 and this. They do it, and they go, that's so cool. You know, what else do they, you know, that's what they gave me for free. What do they do when I pay them to right. come help me, right? right? Yes. It's kind of like that give, 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 then sell mentality. Yep. 
And I love it. Absolutely. Especially in today's world where there are no more secrets. Everything is on the website and on websites or the, or the, or Google or, you know, social media. So it's even more important than ever that we as service providers or product providers prove to people that we can actually help you. We're not just saying we can, we're showing you can. Now, what I would say to, to the organizer who's, you know, again, uh, trying to identify their crowd, you can't, you don't have the resources and the energy and the ability to tell everybody right. your tips or your stories. So again, it's like, how do I target and how do I find, you know, again, maybe it's a local thing or maybe it's a, you know, a Facebook uh, promoted post within your, you know, five mile radius, 10 mile, you know, you name it because all that will help make what you do more efficient. Right. John, this is amazing. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back shortly. The National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals invites you to become a certified professional organizer. CPOs have proven industry proficiency by demonstrating they possess the body of knowledge and experience essential to professional organizing and productivity consulting. The CPO credential identifies professional organizers who've documented a specific number of paid hours that include transferring organizing skills to a client and have also passed the Board of Certification for Professional Organizers Examination. The credential provides the organizing and productivity industry a way to elevate its professional standards. Visit napo.net to learn more. All right, we're back with John Hunt of Smead Manufacturing. So Keeping You Organized is in its fifth season, which is very impressive. And you said and mentioned that another great addition to that relationship with NAPO is that you highlight a lot of NAPO organizers. And there are a lot of NAPO organizers out there. So how do you decide who's the best of the best and can be a, a guest on your show? And I think I also want this to touch on how can... How can we as professional organizers in business stand out so that we can build relationships with brands and vendors and and be a win-win, help-help situation? Okay. Well, in the very beginning, um, you know, especially when I came here, I didn't know anybody. Uh, now, uh, Leanne, my assistant, had been with the company longer. Uh, she goes to the NAPO. She actually goes to the NAPO events, um, meets people. So in, in the beginning, uh, we just kind of like I was saying, as we were identifying well, who's even going to want to watch this or listen or whatever, we went out to those who had a pretty good social uh, media following or were active in social media, were already producing content, mm-hmm. had, had blogs, had our, I mean, because, you know, we're out there searching just like anyone else, you know, who is out, who's out there that could, you know, we could interact with. So that's, but then, you know, we, we do the convention, uh, we have a local chapter of NAPO quite awfully, uh, quite often we'll have someone come in and we'll, um, you know, do a, um, you know, from the, from the Minnesota chapter, that's what I'm trying to say. We'll actually do it live in studio. Wow. So, uh, and we go out and so I think, you know, it's something where if someone wants to contact us and has a, a you know, pitches a story, it's just like getting on Oprah or any other show. You, if you go to the producer and you have a good idea, then you, you know, they're going to say, hey, yeah, we need, we need some people to come on this show too. So we're not opposed to anyone, but, you know, we want to make sure there's a, a good story. We're not into it to just promote somebody's uh, organizer business. So they got, I mean, so we do at the end of the show ask them, 
hey, well, tell us a little bit about your business and how do people get a hold of you. Right. We put a link in the show notes. So we provide that, but you don't have to push that hard because our listeners and viewers, if they like what they hear, they're going to reach out and contact those uh, uh, organizers anyway. So um, I don't know if I answered your question exactly the way you wanted it, but you know, we're out looking uh, and then, but you know, we meet people at the NAPO. Uh, I think that's one of the values in going to the national conference mm-hmm. is to do that networking. Uh, we've met other NAPO organizers through other NAPO organizers. Mm-hmm. Like they say, hey, you know who you should really have on your show is this person. You know, they do this, this. Yeah, okay. And then we reach out to them. There's an introduction, just like any other business transaction. You know, that's how we meet them. So I know we haven't talked to everybody. So. Right. Yes, absolutely. And I, you said something that was actually really interesting. I'd love to dive in a little bit more. I mean, you said, pitch us, you know, instead of just coming to Smead and saying, if I was an organizer and I come to you and say, I love Smead. And I feel like you would say back to me, that's great. We love Smead too. But then you have to, you have, as an organizer, as a business owner, you have to be able to initiate that conversation. So what's a great way for a brand or a business to be pitched where it's can be beneficial and that professional organizer doesn't feel uncomfortable or doesn't feel like they're not actually bringing value. They're being inauthentic. What's a great way for them to come at you with something really exciting for the brand? Well, it, this, that was a, almost like a setup question <laughs> because, because it's exactly what we're talking about. If you could bring value to Smeet, uh-huh by helping us do our podcast and doing a little of the legwork for us, like coming up with, I mean, we do like 50 shows a year. Right. And we've got to fill 50 spots. Now, you know, we, we seem to do it. Sometimes we're, okay, how do we talk about this again? But um, I'll give you an example on the other end. So someone will write and say, hey, I just wrote a book on organizing. Okay, great, great. You know, I'd like to get on the show and promote it. Ah. And it's like, no, we're, we're not interested in promoting your book. Right. But tell us, why is your book, you know, we could, we could promote your book, but we'll promote it in the context of why you wrote it. And, uh, you know, maybe it's 10 closet organizing, you know, solutions or whatever, you know, whatever your book is on organizing, because it's going to be about your specialty. It's going to be, so we've had several authors on where at the end we go, oh, let's, how can people get a hold of the book? You know, because obviously we can't cover everything in the, you know, 20 minute podcast on their, on their book. So the natural thing is if they like what they hear, go for it. But we make sure we give them value in that episode, not just, Hey, you should buy this book because this, and here's another reason you should buy this book. And here's another reason you should buy this book. Right, right. Don't go for that hard sale over and over again. Really just, it comes by providing value. Yep. So we have a, we have right on our website, um, uh, you can contact us, uh, super easy to get a hold of us. You can find us, uh, you know, you can direct message me at Smead John underscore H on Twitter. I mean, you know, if, if you want to be on bad enough, we're real easy to get a hold of LinkedIn, you know, we're, we're Facebook, send us a message. I mean, uh, we're, we're very approachable, but just think about that. How can, how can you help us educate and give value to the end user? Who ultimately, by the way, is probably going to be your customer. Right, exactly. You know, so, and it's a great, you know, when you come on as a guest, you're also getting an basically an endorsement from us. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a third party endorsement like, hey, we're bringing on an expert here. And we talk about that they hear it, they go, okay, I'm in. How do I get a hold of this organizer? 
I love it. It's win-win. I feel, feel like as business owners, you know, and we are brands as well, but when they, we think about brands like Smead, we don't think that Smead needs content too. They need help too. It's, it's, it's really, there's, there's room for everyone to grow and there's room for everyone to work together. to not be, feel like it's too big for you, that you can totally conquer this and, and reach out to brands like Smead and, and build that relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the win-win is we provide a pretty good flat platform Absolutely. for that. Uh, we're re- reaching thousands of people a week. We have a newsletter quite often. We promote the podcast in the newsletter. And so there's a lot of synergy because we want to get that information out and uh, you know, you just ride the wave with it. Right. And when you have over a hundred years as a leader in office mm-hmm. filing products and records management systems, we can't compete with that, but we can work <laughs> with that. You know, we can, we can somehow bring value to that. And I think that's a great reminder for our listeners to, to remember that that opportunity is out there. Absolutely. So you mentioned Twitter and Facebook and all these ways to get a hold of you. Let's talk about all that. Let's talk about social okay. media and how how is Smead or how do you, even you, I'm, I'm sure you're keeping up with all the changing and the, with the algorithms and, and as businesses try to remain visible in these feeds, what are you learning? What are you seeing that can help our listeners um, kind of have a voice in this huge sea of people? That is, uh, yeah, that's a million dollar question. <laughs> and, but uh, it's it's important because personally, I even when I got involved in social media a long time ago, again, it's like going to the backyard barbecue and not wanting someone to pitch me on anything. Mm-hmm. I'm there to have the party, eat the barbecue, you know, but, you know, if we're sitting around having a chat and I have, hey, well, what do you do for work? Oh, that's an A. Hey, well, gosh, I was thinking about doing that, you know? And so I think that... Um, uh, I would, uh, I always tell people, don't uh, try to see any direct return off of any kind of, you know, social media post or whatever. What most businesses have to do now, because of the algorithm changes, they have to promote their posts. Mm. Okay. So in order to show up, unless I'm your personal friend, which is okay, because uh, again, back to maybe the smaller uh, local organizer a lot of their friends may be their potential clients and you've got a great, you know, social media on that level is great. But once you scale past the people who already know, like, and trust you because you're Facebook friends with them right. and they put you on, yeah, I want the notifications. Then you have to look at how do I get invited to the party without being obnoxious? Right. So that is where, you know, almost 100% of the, so, the promoted social media posts that we do are content which are, you know, tips on this or promote the podcast or promote, you know, we're on Facebook live now doing, I mean, one of the reasons we're doing Facebook live is because live video on Facebook is through the algorithm right now is promoted heavily to the top of feeds. So, I mean, we're getting exposure on just because it's live video. So, you know, I, if you were going to use Facebook, I would say figure out a way to use live video on Facebook because right now, you know, in, in this current time of, you know, this era, that's how you get promoted to the top of the, the news feed if you're live. So, uh, but promote content and think of it as, you know, the sales funnel at the top. You have people who don't really know you, but are, in fact, don't even know they're interested in getting organized, but you, you scratch a, a pain of theirs uh, that's like, oh, you know, yeah, I could, I could use a clean garage or whatever. And you suck them in with that. And then, uh, once that once you have them interact with one time with you on Facebook, then you can do what's called pixel them or you know 
identify, and then you can go back with other content and promote to them who have already you know, visit you. you know, the, the, the stalker ads are, you know, again, we, we don't run ads. We run more content to stalk the people who, who looked at our other content, just again, to get them warmed up to who we are. And then ultimately, they arrive maybe on one of our pages on our site, they browse around, and then they're offered an ebook. Or maybe they aren't. Maybe they just, they, they hear us talking about a product and, okay, I'm going to check that out. And they browse the store and we make a sale you know, then the, the relationship just builds from there. So right. uh, using social media on the, the wide end of the funnel or, or at the top of the funnel is good. But again, you have to use content uh, in order to get people's attention because really what you're doing is buying for people's attention. Right. At that point. When you say promote, do you mean put money behind the yes. post? Yes. And, and you may say, well, gosh, that gets really expensive. Only, uh, I, I, again, that gets back to your defining who you are. You can promote with, you know, four or five dollars a day to a very tightly defined audience. Mm -hmm. You know, females, 35 to 45 who live in five mile radius and who like the container store. And, and, and again, you're just trying to get them to interact with content, but you know who you're targeting. You're not going to target 12 year olds. Right. So uh, your budget would go away really fast with an audience that size, but if you can narrow it down, then it starts, okay, well, you're still going to have to pay a little money, but it's the same thing with putting on a seminar. You're going to have to have invites, and you're going to have to have food and pay for the room and get people in. You're going to put some money out, and um, you know there are no tried and true metrics other than you know experimenting with some things like that, but you'd be surprised for even just you know 5 or $10 a day on Facebook. Right. Uh, I worked with a photographer one time who did that for like just two months, tried out. All they did was um, put out blog posts of here's a wedding I just shot and, you know, showed pictures from the wedding. There was no call to action. There was nothing like that, but it got people, anyone who looked at that and said, oh, that's interesting. Then they would have the follow on content to try to, you know, get them a little more into the oh, you know, if you're getting married, you know, call us. We got some great ways to do such and such, you know. So I think that's, a, you know, you, again, you have to think of the bigger picture first, but you've always got to get people in somehow. And the only reason I would promote promoted posts is because that's the only way you're going to get seen. Right, right. I mean, your, your, your post is not going to go viral uh, unless these people are your friends and have asked to see your posts. And that just, you know, a couple of years ago it was different you know, but now it's, it's changed where it's kind of a pay to play. And, um, there's nothing wrong with that. We all see, I mean, we can leave Facebook anytime we want as a user, right? But, you know, we want to find out what our cousin is doing and, you know, we'll, we'll scroll through an ad or two and boy, but if one of those ads pops up, that's really relevant to me, well then, you know, the principles of advertising work, you know, you've interrupted what they were really doing with something that, oh, they might be interested in this. So that's kind of that's kind of how that works. Especially if that, you know, as you call it, pop up or that that thing that stops you in your feed isn't a hard sell. It's it's a exactly. piece of content, something valuable that they don't even have to pay for. So yep. I think that's super smart, and especially since Smeet's been in business for over a hundred years, and you still find doing this is still important. Yeah. Well, and really, we probably did it differently. Sure. You know, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, we did uh, more of what are called tabletop shows. So we'd go into, uh, uh, our salesman would go into a, like say the University of Minnesota 
and all the admins would come down and we'd have a table there and we'd here sample this we'd hand out samples of the you know and they get to know us that way so you you have to circulate where your end user is somehow social media gives you a way to do that but it might not be the way to do it it might be better for you to be involved in your local chamber or you know your church club or wherever because you need to connect with the people who ultimately are going to uh, use your product or service. Well, let's talk about that. Since you've been in, in, in this industry for, for a while, are there any, let's call them old school ways that are still effective today? Well, it's interesting. I was just thinking about that the other day because um, uh, back when I first started, uh, there was a you know, mail order was really big. And if you think about it, the internet, and I, I'm involved in the e-commerce side at Smeet as well. The internet really is is mail order, but done on, a, on, a, on an electronic way. I mean, you're still shipping the products, but instead of sending out a catalog or uh, you are, you know, taking orders online. But in the olden days, uh, <laughs> there was something called the, you know, the two-step process. Ooh, two-step process. What's that? Well, that you got a free booklet uh, all you had to do was pay $1, you know, for shipping or probably quarter back then. And so send in your name and address and a dollar bill and we'll send you the free booklet on, you know, whatever, organizing tips. And then, but guess what? All of a sudden you had someone's mailing address. Mm -hmm. And then guess what? They would get mailed. They get mailed a catalog and you know they were qualified because they got your booklet, which was on organizing. So, I mean, the same principles of marketing work where you have to you know, get somebody's attention, you have to get them interested in what you're doing, then ultimately you work them towards desire and then take action. I just think now, what's different now than it was uh, back then was the action phase or, or getting people to uh, make, you know, buy because people do, a, they have a lot more research tools available you know, in, in, in the car business or real estate, whatever industry you want, people know more about you before they even come into your business. And I'll say that the same for a professional organizer, you know, have a good website that talks about you, but also provide value on that website because people are checking you out before they even talk to you because they want to make, they don't want to waste their time talking to you if they don't feel good about you. Right. So make sure that website, uh, you know, shares your story, maybe offers free resources, things like that, because that is going to, going to be the first place people start researching who, some who will never call you. Right, right. And I, I'm, I'm assuming that it takes all of these pieces put together, social media, uh, an amazing website, an email strategy, and then also being involved in your community somehow, giving back value. All of these things need to tie together in order to be a... Uh, memorable and value-driven business. I mean, Smeed's doing those sorts of things. Yeah, and I think it gets back to the basic marketing plan. So you start with how you're, how you're different and unique, who would benefit the most from what you're doing, and like some goals for, well, how many of those kinds of people would I like to interact with? Then you get to the tools. Is it community involvement? Is it email? Is it, I mean, because maybe you can't do all that. It is a lot of work, right, you know? Yes. Maybe you're only on Instagram and nothing else. Maybe you're only on, you know, but you want to make sure your end user is also using that, um, you know, that medium mm -hmm. or that tool. And it may be that social media isn't good for you. It might be something else. I mean, it's, uh, uh, you, you really have to look at, uh, uh, you know, it, so to go back to that, the olden days, what you used to say was, 
what publications do my, my does my end audience read? Because if we're going to run an ad in an, in a publication, we want to make sure the people reading it are the ones that we want to reach. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? So it's the same thing with social media. Social media can act like a publication because there's so many people using it. You just have to segment and target and find those people. And thankfully, tools that Facebook offers and most of them have a way to target down to that level. But then you still have to interact with them in that environment because in, in that environment, when someone's on Facebook, they're not looking for ads. Right. You know, they're looking for, you know, what did, you know, what did cousin Johnny do today? And, uh, and then, you know, you take it from there. Right. What is Smead doing to prepare for the future with, with marketing or being involved in the organizing community? Is there anything that you are working on or thinking about that is different from what you've already got going on today? Well, yeah, there, there is because, you know, we're, we're in an industry, the paper industry mm-hmm. is part of what we're in and, and it's, it's in a decline that, you know, things are going digital. I mean, there's still tons of paper out there, so it's not going to happen anytime soon. So we're looking at um, how do we uh, address the digital world? And, and what we keep coming around to again is, and even to the fact where what other products we create, will they help solve organizing challenges? Because we know that the digital revolution is not necessarily going to help people's organizing challenges other than maybe an app or this, you know, to help you. But uh, what other kinds of products do we want to introduce that will help people get organized? Because once they buy one product from us, they may buy others from us. And so, uh, so we're doing a lot of, you know, we do a lot of research as far as looking out what kinds of things are people, you know, involved in, uh, what kinds of tools are they using? We do focus groups with, we, we focus a lot on business to business. So like we'll get a focus group with a bunch of administrative uh, office managers um, and we'll ask them what challenges does your boss have? You know, what, you know, in this world, what kind of challenges are you dealing with? What kind of product, if you could wave a magic wand and come up with a product, what would it be? And so we try to take those concepts and then, okay, how do we come profitably to market with something that will, you know, will serve that, you know, again, getting back to serving their need, because that's really what we're trying to do. Right. I think that's actually a great way to apply that to a professional organizer's business is A, if you find yourself as a generalist and you want to get more narrow with who you serve and help to do a survey, or like, you know, you said, you you go in and you ask the businesses what they need. So we can ask our clients or potential clients what they need as a way to stay relevant and fresh and mm-hmm. and actually helpful, not just providing, you know, random help that may not be serving our client base. Right. Well, you know, the definition of a business is uh, a company that has a client. So, and I bet if you talk to some of the old timers at NAPO, again, another great reason to go to the NAPO uh, National Convention, because you have the opportunity to sit around and talk, have, have a hot dog and hot chocolate around the fire, so to speak. Right. I guess they're doing this. Yeah, uh, they are. Maybe it's just hot chocolate, but uh, <laughs> you'll hear, I, I guarantee you, if you ask somebody, are you doing the same organizing activities you did 10 years ago? They're going to say no, because they maybe started out thinking, this is where I go and this is where my, my best friend did this and this. Uh, and I, so I helped them with it. But then they had a friend they referred me to, but well, their challenges was a little different. So then I did this and then all of a sudden all their, and then all of a sudden you're in a a different niche than what you started. So you have to be flexible, but that, that goes back to the principle of listening to your customer 
and trying to provide, you know, a, a, a fill a need. Uh, so I think that's one thing that uh, you can learn if you're, even if you are, are a seasoned professional organizer looking at a way to boost your business, Yes. just look back a couple years and say, you know, what's really worked well? I mean, that's a real standard thing when you put it in a, a marketing plan every year is what works and what doesn't. And maybe just go do more of the stuff that works. Uh, and maybe it's a certain kind of organizing or a certain, and it's like, that's where the demand is. If you're new and you don't know, you have to kind of go out and start somewhere and then iterate from that point because you may find out that what you started with is a, a lot different than what you ended up with. Absolutely. And it's not about being scared about the changes. It's about meeting them head on yeah. so that you can remain uh, effective in your industry. Yep. Yeah. In fact, I think even NAPO with the name change- yes is realizing that productivity, and the reason I can tell you why that's big is because companies have all, you know, they've downsized, they're trying to get more out of people than they've gotten before, they're trying to be more efficient. So all of a sudden, there's this huge need for productivity. Mm -hmm. And so I know a lot of the organizers focus just on business to business productivity because there's a need there. Right. And that's a need that needs to be filled and that people are willing to pay for because they know if they can be more productive, it'll pay for the company to do that. Right. And I know it took time, but eventually Naples was like, we need to incorporate this into who we are because yep. we are serving the education for these productivity specialists and consultants. And there you go. You're right. That's another great example of just going with the flow almost, remaining right. flexible. Yep. So yeah, it's a it's a uh, it's an industry that well any business is always evolving and you have to kind of keep your eyes open to the industry but more important listen to your customers. Yeah. But you there there may be instances when you don't want to let your customer drive your direction. Right. And sometimes, you know, if you're a productivity expert, sometimes you say no to things. Right. We hear that tip all the time. So, you know, be willing to say no. So, you may have a passion over here but a demand over here it doesn't mean you have to go where the demand is you may take a little longer to, to pursue the area that you're going to love doing too. So, you know, you can, you can work it both ways. Right. And I think that's why a lot of us get into the industry of organizing productivity is because we have a passion for it. But like mm -hmm. you said, if we end up going into a, an area of, of organizing that we don't love, then we've just created another job for ourselves that we don't love. So, exactly. right. So I love, that's a great, that's a great tip for our listeners to just remember um, okay, John, at the end of every episode, I always ask my experts, my guests to leave us with two sticky notes that people can put, you know, on their office desk or on their computer screen that are big impact next step items that our listeners can put into their business almost immediately and maybe see some change immediately. What two things would you leave our listeners with? Okay. The first one would say, I am the best at and you fill in the blank ah. because that's going to help you define who you are. And the other one is the person who can benefit the most from my value is, and that's going to uh, tell you who your ideal customers. We have this, I mean, and, and you know, you've, if you've been around marketing, you've heard of customer persona and, you know, come up with the vision board where you, you know, we have one here too. Her name is Jennifer and she's got, you know, a, a certain age and she has a certain job. And so, I mean, you do have to kind of be able to visualize who that ideal customer is. So those two things will keep you on track because you want to make sure that the one can serve the other. 
It makes sense. I know some people who get so specific on their ideal customer. If they, that person has a name and they have a place where mm-hmm. they live and what they do. So when you can get very specific in who you're serving and they say it helps them stay focused with their content. Absolutely. And again, if you get too wide, then it gets too expensive and then you get lost and then you, then you can't do anything well. If you're doing, if you're trying to do everything, then you can't do anything well. Right. But if you, if you focus in, uh, in an area, especially the area that you're great at, mm-hmm. that's going to that's gonna really, I think, benefit you. I think the proof is in the pudding. Smeet has been around for over 100 years, everyone, and they are a leader in office filing products and records management systems. And it's still helpful 100 years later, but I'm sure it has changed. The look has changed. The feel has changed. The message may have changed a little bit, but you're still around and that's very impressive. Right. I bet if everybody goes home today and looks on their kitchen counter, there's probably a mess. Yes. So you could say, how can Smeed help me with this? <laughs> right, right. There you go. There you go. I know you said it earlier in our conversation, John, but how can our listeners either reach out to you or keep up with what you're doing? I know that you are very active every day online. So, yep. so remind us again where we can find you. Well, we're, uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, if you type in smeedorganized.life, uh, that's kind of our general theme. Uh, that's where our daily show is. Uh, you can find us at smeed.com is our website, and that links to everything. Uh, if you're interested in buying products, uh, we have a consumer direct site called myorganized.life, not .com, myorganized.life. And uh, we're also on, we have a YouTube channel, which is huge. If you're visual and you like doing that, in fact, we post our podcast as both audio and video. So the video version of our podcast and our Facebook show is also available on our YouTube channel, which is speedorganized.life. So you could, you could find us a lot of different places depending on the area you like to hang out. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for your time today, John. We really appreciate it. Uh, Listeners, how about you? What can you do today, this week? John gave us two really great sticky notes. Um, What are you the best at? Sit down, write it down, figure it out, fill in the blank. And who is the person who can benefit the most from what you're the best at? I mean, I think those are really easy to to at least think about. Maybe not answer. It might take you some time, but it's a great way to refocus your business. So I'm Sarah Karakayan. That wraps up this episode of Stand Out. Thank you for hanging out with me and for learning with me. If you like this podcast, and if you're able to walk away with inspiration, please leave us a review and hit that subscribe button because we want to reach as many organizing and productivity professionals as possible. So in addition to subscribing, don't keep all this information to yourself. Share it with your friends, your colleagues, your team, whoever might benefit from this great content from these experts. Thank you for spending your time with us. I look forward to hanging out with you next time, and I'll talk to you then. That's all for this episode of Stand Out, brought to you by the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to learn more about our educational offerings, our local chapters, and both certification and certificate opportunities. Don't miss an episode as we help you build the business you've always dreamed of owning. 